This is The Resident Review, a plastic surgery podcast. This is a platform designed for education of plastics, hand, and craniofacial surgery trainees from medical student to master surgeon. Our episodes take you through high-yield topics along with experts in the field in order to maximize your knowledge and refine your techniques. If you like what you hear today, be sure to visit our website at theresidentreview.com for episodes, outlines, resources, and more. Stay tuned after the episode for a brief message from our sponsors. Welcome back to The Resident Review. This is Tori and Rosie continuing our quick hit series. Today, we have a truly quick hit on microsurgery. Yes, the best gift, a gift of like 10 minutes to listen to. Yes. So start cleaning your kitchen or (laughs) whatever you do when you listen to this and make it quick because we're going to fly through this. (laughs) All right. We'll start by talking about three flat procedure codes and then talk about some flap patency, including some meds that we sometimes give. Um, and then we'll go to flap monitoring and salvage when things go wrong. So we'll start with free flap procedure codes that are global and they can include the, the entire free flap code includes elevation of the flap, isolation of the donor flap vessels, transfer of the flap, isolation of the recipient vessels, microvascular anastomosis of one artery, microvascular anastomosis of one or two veins, and then inside of the flap at the recipient site and primary closure of the donor site. So all that is bundled. We do not unbundle the free flap procedure code. Patency. So as it turns out, skill is the number one determinant for patency <laughs> rates. So your microsurgical skill is the highest correlated uh, versus, you know, what they've looked at different techniques and different orders in which people do their anastomosis. Doesn't matter as long as you're good at what you do. Uh, venous couplers have been shown to decrease anastomotic time for your vein versus hand sewn anastomosis. Couplers can help manage vessel size mismatch, and they're unfortunately contraindicated in atherosclerosis. Um, but in general, we get tested sometimes on the benefits or advantages of couplers. So these are, have been shown to decrease the complication rate versus hand-sewn anastomosis for veins in head and neck free flap reconstruction. So that has been shown in peer-reviewed studies. And then couplers should not be used in a recipient vein that's less than two. So you do not want to be using a 1.5 millimeter coupler, or if you do, you're accepting an increased rate of venous thrombosis. There are no repeat, no known increased complications with the use of vasopressive medications. I feel mm-hmm. like I was on my ICU rotation. People still thought that this was mm-hmm. contraindicated in flat patients. Well, um, ask you, you say it's fine. It's fine. You want to use, you know, like your normal basics of fluid resuscitation first, if that helps great. If not, then the benefits of having normal blood pressure to the flap, uh, outweigh the risks of using vasopressive medications. And then known risk factors for thrombosis are AT deficiency, antiphospholipid syndrome, factor V Leiden mutation, and perioperative tamoxifen. So things that would normally increase your rates of clotting uh, or risk of clotting. Patients who have autoimmune diseases or are concerned for increased risk of thrombosis should undergo a formal hematology consult and anticoagulation workup prior to surgery, and then an anticoagulation plan based on that workup. We were tested on that last year. And it just makes sense. Uh, heparin is sometimes used to improve patency rates. Other medications that we use, um, we get 
kind of commonly tested on dextran, even though it seems like it's more of a um, historically used medication, but it does decrease factor eight and von Wilbrand's factor resulting in decreased platelet function and aggregation. It also modifies the structure of fibrin and increases susceptibility to degradation of fibrin. It is a volume expander. It also inhibits alpha-2 antiplasmin and leads to activation of plasminogen, which is antithrombotic. So the risks of this medication, it has antigenicity. You have to give a test dose one to two minutes prior to infusion. In improved flap survival with this medication has not been demonstrated. You can get ARDS from dextran use. It can cause acute renal failure. So you want to avoid it in patients with chronic renal insufficiency and it has increased systemic complications. So it sounds like you may just want to avoid it in everybody. Um, Papaverin, we do use quite commonly. This is a phosphodiesterase inhibitor and a vasodilator. Herudin and heparin both inhibit thrombin. Aspirin inhibits thromboxane by inhibiting COX. We talk more about all the anticoagulants in our anesthesia lecture. And herudin um, is the leech substance. Yes. And you always want to remember your aromonas prophylaxis. Any mm. kind of leeches. And then next, we're going to talk about some flat monitoring. Yeah, flat monitoring. All right. So near infrared spectroscopy is a non-invasive modality that allows continuous monitoring of tissue oxygenation saturation. So this monitors the percent of the hemoglobin getting to the skin that is oxygenated. It, the monitoring via near-infrared spectroscopy improves flap salvage rates, which is thought to be due to early recognition before it is obvious on clinical exam. And then buried or partially buried free flaps are best monitored by implantable dopplers, especially things like omental flaps. And um, these have been shown to improve salvage rates compared to clinical monitoring as well, but they have a high false positive rate when the implantable dopplers will fail and you lose your signal. And then when you hear a flap go down or see a flap going down in terms of salvage. So some people will try to talk about TPA. You can give intraflap TPA. It's a fibrinolytic agent that breaks down clots by activating plasminogen. Um, this decreases the rate of fat necrosis within the flap, but not flap salvage actually. For venous thrombosis, TPA is successful at reestablishing blood flow. So you can use this in conjunction with thrombectomy. And then just make sure you don't administer it systemically. Early reoperation time, once you realize that a flap is going down, this improves flap survival. So take the patient back immediately if there's concern for compromise. The most common time for thrombosis is zero to 24 hours, most often within 12 though, especially in the head and neck. And then multiple reoperations are a predictor for unsuccessful flap salvage and arterial thrombosis is associated with lower salvage rates as well contrasted with the venous thrombosis or external causes. Those are all of our microsurgery facts for you today. Micro lecture for microsurgery. Oh, I love that. A micro lecture. Do we, we have do. facts for this? Of course we have. Wow. Or do we have fast facts for this? <laughs> of course we have fast facts. So really quickly, we're just going to go through a couple of things to take away from this lecture. First and foremost, we'll say it again for the people in the back, no known increased complications with use of vasopressive medications in patients undergoing flap surgery. Near infrared spectroscopy, bioptics um, at our institution improves flap salvage rates thought to be due to early recognition before it's obvious on clinical exam. Your most common time for thrombosis in a flap is gonna be within 24 hours. 
most within 12, especially in the head and neck. You do not want to use a coupler in a recipient vein less than two millimeters due to increased rates of venous thrombosis. And then papaverin is a phosphodiesterase <laughs> inhibitor. I just remember P and P, papaverin phosphodiesterase. I forget that one a lot. Love that. And that's all we got. That's it. Thanks for listening to our micro lecture on microsurgery. And good night. As a plastic surgeon with a unique vision for each patient, the more options you have at your fingertips, the better. Natrell is one of the portfolios available to you. To learn more, visit natrellsurgeon.com.